Hello and welcome to another episode of Inter Club India podcast where we talk everything Inter, the previews, reviews, transfer market and everything in between. What a relaxing weekend, what a happy weekend and what an amazing result. 3-0 against Sassuolo that took away our bogey team. And I predicted before the match in a previous podcast that we are going to win 3-1. Somehow it gave me the confidence that our team is going to play for 90 minutes, not our usual 45 minutes of sleep and 45 minutes recovery. I thought they were going to play and they did one better. They kept a clean sheet, something that was very important for us. And joining me as usual is Manish and Parmeshwar. Parmeshwar, what are your views? How was your weekend? You must have enjoyed watching the match. Yeah, indeed, man. Like, uh, as you, you know, referred to the predictions from the last podcast, I wasn't very optimistic at all. You know, I either predicted a 2-2 draw or a 2-1 loss, you know, based on our horrible form and then to go out and perform like that you know the team played really well first of all you know to begin with um, diving into the match kudos to Antonio Conte to just going back to the 3-5-2 in the first place you know he realized that you know he had to get a win at this point so of course we saw the 3-5-2 and um, yeah there was one minor tweak in the lineup where he played Barella in the middle rather than either on the left or the right. So, you know, yes, Barella didn't have the most spectacular of the most spectacular first half. But, you know, you could see him covering all the spaces, you know. Um, You know, I was just checking the stats for the match. We had like overall 35% possession and we still ended up, you know, winning 3-0. But, you know, at the end, what matters is that we've got the win, right? Like, even though we were too defensive, you know, that's our strength. You know, Conte usually, as you know, Rahul has had mentioned in the previous podcast, he is a defensive coach, right? And, you know, he made certain tweaks that helped us against a very, you know, good counter-attacking team or, you know, let's say possession-based team as well in Sassuolo. You know, Damian, Damian was fantastic. You know, I have to give credit to that guy. Before he signed for us, when he was linked, everyone was like, man, you know, this guy is not going to cut it. He's not going to last. But Every time he stepped onto the pitch, he's been fantastic. Like he's been decent to good, you know. He's never put a foot wrong. So, kudos to him. You know, yeah, Hakimi, you know, probably needed to be benched. You know, he's going through a mini rough patch of sorts. But, yeah, kudos to Damian and I guess all, everyone's favorite, Galliardini with one of the best goals of the game. I guess, yeah, I mean, you know, I personally wanted Ericsson to score such a goal, but you know, you can't have your way all the time. So, it was Galliardini. But, yeah, I mean, as you said, Gotham, in, at the end of the day, is the what matters is the win, right? Like, we needed that. We needed to beat a team like Sassuolo, who was second in the league, you know, unbeaten like AC Milan. And, yeah, I mean, it was a really good display. And, and it was about doing the basics right and, you know, going back to the philosophy from the first season that got us into that, uh, you know, elevated level in the first place. So, yeah, all in all, I'm very happy and, you know, hoping that we can pull out something similar against Munchen Gladbach. Yeah, Manish, coming to you, I mean, what do you think changed? Like, how did the mentality change all of a sudden? That too against Sassuolo, our bogey team, and they were unbeaten. And we played the entire 90 minutes. Like, the players ran. Like, how how did this happen all of a sudden? First of all, hi, all Inter fans uh, in India and around the world. Uh, Yes, Gautam, just regarding your question, what changed? Uh, 
pretty much like Parmeshi pointed out, just the formation, yeah? So all this while, what happens is Inter's the team attacking. Inter was the team taking initiative with the 3-4-1-2 formation. And we were playing against smaller oppositions who like to sit back and defend with 10 men behind the ball. This time, it was slightly different. Sassuolo, they took the initiative, the owner attack, and Conti took that to his advantage. So playing a defensive 3-5-2 system allowed Inter to settle down, cover the spaces, and let give the initiative to Sassuolo. So all of a sudden, when Sassuolo got the initiative, they left a lot of spaces. You could see that when Sanchez and Lautaro, they're combining with the one-two passes and stuff. So the 3-4-2 formation, it's again a quite defensive formation like we saw last season. I think last season against uh, the last game of season when we played Inter was Atlanta at Atlanta's home. He reverted back to 3-5-2. So pretty much the same strategy against attacking teams like Atlanta and Sassuolo. We sit back and let they take the initiative. So like Paramesh pointed out, uh, we were just 34% of the possession. That is like insanely low. But saying that we scored when it mattered, that's no point having a lot of possession and playing this champagne football. At the end of the day, we lose. So I'm glad Conti realized that because I was worried about the new Conti. Yeah? Like uh, even last week, Uncle Sharma pointed out, the new Conti is more attacking and more crazy approach, uh, like Marcelo Bielsa, that formation where he goes all out attack. This type Conti, we pretty much know. He, this is his strength. So if Inter plays to a strength, sit back, absorb the pressure, and then slowly hit on the brakes, I think we can do wonders. This time it worked. Why? Because it was against a very attacking opposition like Sassuolo. But not necessarily when we play against a defensive team, this might work. So that is where when we have to take the initiative. But for this, the tactics were spot on. I would give a very good uh, rating to Conti for this, reading the match well. And yeah, brilliant. He put uh, Barilla pretty much just ahead of the defense, more like a register that player, a box-to-box player, like you call it. Uh, and yes, the distribution as well allowed the link-up between Lautaro and Sanchez. It's the first time we've seen that. Uh, brilliant match. Uh, more to say, I think the man of the match pretty much goes to Darmian. Uh, like uh, everyone pointed out, Darmian was really good. Uh, he covered the uh, right flank really well defensively, won pretty much all the duels, one-on-one duels he wanted. And the passing, oh my God, brilliant passing. The one he passed to Gagladini and before that also he passed a couple of them. Uh, I was so impressed with uh, Darmian. So pretty much these type players where they come up with no expectations, they perform. Hakimi, when he came in, before he even stepped onto the pitch, he came in with loads of baggage, you know, like he had to perform, he had to be the saviour for Inter. So that's putting a toll on him. Hakimi is still very young. Let's make no mistake about it. Let's not rush him. Uh, he's still our future. Uh, but like a step, days where he needs a bit rest, uh, I would happily give a chance to Darmian. And brilliant performance, Gotham. And, and the results, we took our chances well. I'm happy. Uh, Sanchez, Lauter combined well. Uh, we had both of them on the score sheet. We had Gagladini also on the score sheet. So overall, a very good result and a smiley, three smiley faces for all of us. <laughs> yeah, so Parmesha, coming back to you, like Manish just said, like, and you knew said that Darmian put in an amazing shift. And yes, he, you know, to me, he was the man of the match. Like he was all over the pitch and he knew what he was doing. But if you see today's contest press conference as well, he said that, Hakimi needs to understand the defensive side of things. So does that mean now after Darmian's performance, Darmian is a sure shot starter from now on, at least for a month or two months. And Hakimi will be on the sidelines because Conte does that. You know that. Now, the problem shouldn't be like Hakimi gets frustrated sitting on the sidelines. 
how would you motivate hakimi that you have to improve defensive side of things but you're still an important part you're the player of the project we won't sideline you because he is obviously watching what's happening to erickson do you think that it would affect him like if darmian starts and he has just been brought in and conte is already saying he doesn't do defensive side of things well do you think that's going to affect him or do you think it's a one off and hakimi will start the next game yeah so first of all you know that's a very interesting question because um, recently if you follow conte's press conferences and everything you know it's all relatable so first of all to answer this i'd like to start off with the point as to how he addressed this question in the press conference today so basically a journalist asked him whether you know he asked him why hakimi didn't start against asolo and all and you know why he's not, he's been a bit off uh, uh, recently so what he said is like you know i don't speak about individuals that's what he always says initially but he's like since it's your job as journalist i'll give you an answer he's like we'll go back to one of my first press conferences before the season began and what he said was at that point that he said hakimi is a fantastic player he has great potential he has a lot of talent but he does need to work a lot he does need to improve his defensive side of the game and yeah and you know this thing was known universally you know hakimi is great going forward you know those runs those fast runs you know especially on the counter he's amazing and with his vision and his crossing and decision making but as you can see you know he does need to work on his defensive side of the game it's pretty evident you know he can be beaten duels i remember against real madrid martin odegaard dispossessed him very easily and odegaard is not such a not a type of player who's known to win ball backs he's you know more of a deep lying passer so if hakimi is losing such kind of duels it clearly shows that he needs to work upon it and you know there's nothing wrong with it he's at the end of the day he's 20 man he's a kid as manish pointed out he's our future you know you know he's here to stay for quite some time at least and he'll grow with that being said you know um, i'm not really worried about him being benched because see uh, when you you're a young player this is all part you know it's a part of the process you know like if you you know if you play him all the time you know he maybe doesn't understand what's expected of him you know at times what happens is players learn while playing through their rough patch and at times they don't now but if let's say hakimi was on the bench against asolo as he was he maybe saw how darmian played you know you know because darmian covered spaces really well at the back you know he completely neutralized a fantastic at- attacking player like jeremy boga so you know hakimi watching that he has something to learn from it you know he knows when to tackle you know he knows which zones into mo- zones to move into you know he knows whom to partner with in order to close down spaces so you know this is a part of a long process we can't put, you know we can't put pressure on him he's so he's new man i know the thing is you know the pressure is all because he's established him, uh, himself at such a young age you know so the pressure is going to be there but you know he's he's so young at the end of the day like he he will learn and you know he's coming off a different league as conte said you know in bundesliga a lot of defenses you know play a high line so a lot of teams play a high line in general you know they prefer Uh, pushing their full backs up so hakimi on the counter has space to run into you know and uh, he has that space so here in seria it's completely different you know teams prefer sitting back and they don't they don't allow you space so it's all new to him i don't you know personally as asking me i'm not worried about it you know tomorrow i was reading uh, something by sky italia just before the podcast maybe there's a possibility darmian starts tomorrow but then again there's nothing wrong with it you know at the end of the day it's a must win match for us that's one 
second of all you know again it's a part of the process so hakimi will learn eventually i don't think there's anything to be worried about and one more thing i'd like to point out is that you know conte has said it before those who show me why the, that they deserve to start will start basically at the end of the day he has said it in like a he said it like three four times so as of now of course nothing against hakimi i love the guy but damian has clearly shown why he should start and if you ask me why not bench perisic and put damian on the left you know and hakimi on the right but honestly perisic also put in a pretty decent performance against asuolo you know to neutralize berardi on that right side is not easy either perisic actually did a very good job sitting deep so you know both of them have given a good case to start the match against munchen gladback so why not you know because at the end of the day the goal is now to progress you know we have a chance to still you know reach the round of 16 so why not make the most of it yes at the end of the day it depends on what real if real madrid beat munchen gladback but we need to do our part right so nothing against hakimi you know i'm pretty sure he's going to be back in the 11 it's not a big deal i think it's something we should not pay too much heed at because you know he, at the end of the day as i said he's young and he'll learn from this yeah all right uh, so parmesh a good point there i just want to ask a question bring this question to both of you i asked this uh, i think last week to uncle sharma now i'm asking you both do you think for starting with gotham do you think inter would be in a better position if we still had canrio on the right wing and biragi the left wing i know they're not world class players but they were very suited to conti's formation of defensive as well as attacking phases so just a question to both of you a quick question with a yes or no uh, gotham starting with you do you think like i said will canrio and biragi be part of this uh, new inter in the new season Well, Cantreva, I'm not so sure because the main problem with Cantreva wasn't quality; it was consistency. Like he wasn't world class, but he was getting the job done. The thing was consistency. He would dribble past, and then the crosses would land. I don't know somewhere outside in the parking lot. Like you, you need players who, when you have someone like Lukaku in center, you need people to cross to him properly. Like 99% of the time, the crosses should reach. it's no use like you beat defenders you get into the space and then your cross is wasted so the entire move is wasted because you couldn't cross properly so kandreva i think kandreva should have been gone he shouldn't maybe he could have been there in the bench but now the darman has come in and he's doing the job kandreva won't be missed but biragi i think he could have had one more season with us if instead of ashley young i think we could have had biragi second season he would have been much more comfortable with us and he's an inter fan so he would have given his all so i think yeah biragi could have had one more season but kandreva no i think it was time to let him go how do you permission of the same thing yes yeah, so i agree uh, to an extent with gotham so i have a different take on it so the thing with kandreva is i completely agree you know i the thing is yes he had a much improved season but you know last season there were these flashes of as gotham said inconsistencies and also brain fade moments during matches you know his decision making ha- was way below par like you know at times i remember i remember that coppa italia match against napoli the second leg you know where we were 1-0 down and kandreva you know had was had cut into the box and that guy just had to pass it to an open erickson this guy just shoots it over i don't know what he was thinking and these chances you know we have all we have always said this you know we create a lot but we miss them so this is a part of it you know kandreva improved under conte you know maybe not defensively that much but yes you know his confidence in general going forward but his decision making 
was not quite convincing so i was fine with uh, you know kandreva leaving inter and i think it was the right time to let him go and you know of course darmian is younger and you know he's showing signs of being better coming to cristiano beraghi um i agree with gautam actually i think he should have been kept because you know you know there was this uh, the fan base with beraghi it was they were always split either you let him go or you keep him but the thing is his crossing ability his crossing ability were was really good you know uh his, he was also a set piece taker so we would have ha- had an additional set piece taker you know free kicks corners indirect free kicks and and his passing in general was pretty good yes he the only issue with beraghi i personally felt was that he was too safe a player like you know i remember at times where we had to go for the win in the end he would pass it back you know he was too nervous to cross but his ability is very good i did want him to stay like i really wanted him for another year at least but of course the terms were that you know we had to have dalbert go the other way at the same time and fiorentina didn't want him with that being said you know if you compare him to ashley young i don't think young is bad per se he's really good you know he comes in handy as well i would have actually kept biragi young and maybe even perisic because i know that that would have led to squad uh, you know uh, quantity issues but instead of playing dambrosio week in week out then you can put darmian at right center back and then you know young can play at right wing back as well so then that gives you the ability to use perisic and biragi i know perisic is still adapting so you know these things elevate your squad so much i pers- i really wanted biragi to stay and you know he uh you know on pitch stuff aside he is a proper inter fan as well at the end of the day it's it's i know he had this minor issue in that one game uh, with lukaku where he wanted to take the free kick him and lukaku argued over a free kick but then that was just for a game but you know you could see that he cared about the club and he used to get well along with barella brozovic so it adds to the squad dynamic so to what you said manish i like you know kandreva i am fine with him leaving but biragi uh, yeah like i really wanted him to stay yeah also manish like if kandreva stayed you had a uh, let's say a moment where kandreva will pass to gallardini i mean do you want kandreva and gallardini on the pitch when it's a do or die situation or would you be like okay hakimi to lukaku which would you prefer obviously hakimi to lukaku yeah <laughs> that's a no brainer yeah yeah and also this is to you it's a manish so yeah you spoke about uh, handanovic and now he has kept a clean sheet and this will obviously boost his confidence and what did you think of his performance against sasolo do you think he wasn't tested at all because sasolo had more position but do you think like he wasn't tested or he put in a good shift as well no so if you check uh, the formation that we played we sat back deep winning you much spaces to sasulo a uh, jeremy boga was cleverly and well marked by darmian and the other side berardi pretty much was shut down completely so all their main attacking threats were neutralized so handanov didn't have to do much saves but i think one shot i think juricic uh, sasulo's number 10 gave a shot and again you could see handanov was stunned pretty much flat-footed he just looked to the side and hit the post uh so handanovic you if you see uh his reflexes his reactions over age has gone down he's no more the young agile uh, goalkeepers like if you check nowadays goalkeepers uh, the height doesn't matter that much the agility and the response that's really important like now chelsea got a new keeper uh 
the guy's like it's like they call him uh, the black spider-man or something uh, because he's really good his reflexes his movements and because of that chelsea's overall uh, the clean sheets have improved the results have improved so saying that i think time for andarinj has come he like i said he's a captain of the club we respect that he's been a good uh, uh, player for the squad he hasn't thrown much tantrums and stuff yes but saying that i think over time his reflexes have gone down he can be a good substitute keeper for next season yeah like pretty much like we did with toldo where we had julius cesar come in and toldo was the backup so i think handanovic time is clearly up i got them if you ask me yeah and uh, okay this one's for both of you as well i will start with parmeshwar first uh milan again won over the weekend looks like they're on a roll we thought okay without ibra they'll drop points but they didn't and kesi had a good performance and they played well so the uh, league this year is so close and our performance against sassuolo was brilliant do you think we have it in us to keep it consistent because milan doesn't look like they'll have a dip in form anytime soon so that means we have to be completely consistent throughout the season do you think we have it in us parmeshwar to you first like do you think it's possible or we have to hope milan drops points sometime or the other yeah i mean gotham see at the end of the day you know the table clearly shows that you know we are five points behind milan right so we have to hope you know they at least drop points in at least you know let's say three four matches because you need to consider that you know we need to go above them we need to stay consistent consistent from this point and also the fact that you know there's another milan derby left you know later on see this is a long road you know there's a long long way to go like i've not given up on the title race or anything you know with your uh, uh, to answer your question we are still in it everyone is in it you can't count juventus out at the end of the day they're juventus you can't count napoli out you know after maradona's passing away i feel they are in general going to be motivated you know the stadium being renamed to you know and then they are going to build a museum and all outside it and a statue so in general they are going to be motivated you know they yesterday they completely hammered roma like you could see that in them you know so napoli is going to be there milan of course uh, i just read a report a while ago that you know they had a day off today in training but all of them sure showed up for training so you know their spirits are high they didn't take their day off so they want to keep that momentum going you know with us we have got an important win against sassuolo so it shows and you know i i want to point something interesting out about uh, about conte's uh, post match conference after sassuolo you know he he was back to being himself you could see he was vocal on the sidelines but he threw another fit uh, in the post match conference you know he he said he was pretty uh, vocal about it because you know after i think this was mainly because of what our ultras did you know they said that if you don't show we'll show up with baseball bats and all so you know he said at a club like inter you know it's not easy i've never seen this anywhere else in my job he was like you know at inter it's all crazy you know the pressure is too much you know it's not not easy at all it nothing like any other club and he said that uh, he was asked you know like how's it going with the club and also he said you know the thing is there's a lot of criticism towards inter either it's the coach or the players what he said is that you know i really hope the management with is with us on the same boat you know we row the same boat in the same manner i really hope so he never said you know we are but he's like i hope what i feel he's trying to do here is that you know instead of taking shots at the management because you know he did mention the past 3 months as well where he did the same thing he mentioned it in the same conference but i think what he's trying to do is that you know he's creating an us versus everyone mentality you know 
of sorts. He's trying to bind the team together with that mentality. Because what I notice is that you know some players in this team need that kick. You know, yes, you can do it. You know, in you know you can do it in the dressing room. You don't have to be vocal. But I think there are some players in this team that need to see this in the public. You know, they need it out there. Like you know, they need the coach to show that backing publicly. I feel someone like Galliardini. You know, it helps these players. You know, no matter how average he is. it helps boost their morale like i that's what i feel what he's trying to do you know he's trying to create this us versus everyone mentality in a way binding everyone together and i think this is one thing if he does well i don't care if he takes shots at the management anywhere because i personally feel this is what he's trying to do he's not insulting the management even if it sounds like that but i think he's just trying to bring everyone together because we've been through a rough patch right now and also another turning point i don't know if you agree with me or not is that recently uh, he was awarded uh, uh, something known as the tapiro doro which yes. is like a humiliating award basically it's given for some sort of humiliation you've suffered or like you know it's an insult basically so you are literally given that award in your hand like some like i think it's a journalist or someone who comes and literally delivers it to you and he interviews you after that so that is a, that is insulting right so i don't think conte is something you'd want to do that with because i think things like these fire him up I know I don't want to be you know too reactionary and say oh yes we've beaten Sassuolo now we're winning the league that's not not what I'm trying to say but I think things like these you know and use, him using this mentality of us versus everyone goes a long way in boosting the team's morale and I think that's where our season lies on like uh, li- that's where our season is dependent on and yeah I mean it's not over Gotham there is a long long way to go uh, and yes it looks like you know Milan won't drop any points yesterday also they played a really good game but Yeah, let's see, man. Like we have done this in the past as well. We have been there until December, and then you know we have bottled points. You know we've dropped points. Well, let's see. Let's see. There's a long way to go. I hope we get there. But yeah, I mean, let we just have to keep winning everything at this point. There is no other option because, in my mind, uh, you know, as an Inter fan, I when I watch Milan, when I watch AC Milan, even when I saw them yesterday, they just don't seem like dropping points anytime soon. At least you know they're just too good at the moment. You don't. They don't need Ibrahimovic on the pitch. He's a motivator off the pitch. They don't need him on the pitch every time to hold their to hold their hands. So yeah, we our main duty is to just keep this going, keep maintain the balance, and you know make sure everything is right. And yeah, just get the wins. Yeah, money. So do the same thing. Like looks like we have to win all our remaining matches. And as we pointed out earlier, like Milan looks too strong this season. Do you think we have it in us to keep it consistent throughout the season? Uh, so, like we discussed over the weeks, it's better to have the hiccups right right now. So the speed bumps hit us right now, rather than much later on or after the January transfer market. So right now we understand exactly what our weakness is, what we have to do. Uh, so I'm actually happy. Like we had this initial hiccup. So pretty much everyone is aware what Conti is aware, the clubs are what can be done and how to best use the January transfer market. That is really important. So Milan uh, pointing them the end. They're in best form. I think one of the best form. What I've read is the best form in Europe. They're unbeaten, along with Juventus and Atletico Madrid. They're unbeaten in the league. Only these three teams in the bigger leagues. So I think we should not get carried away with Milan's results. Milan is a very young team. Yeah. So if all if if a small issue happens, I'm sure everything will be crumbling or it'll, it'll go like it'll go like a snowballing effect for Milan. So right now they're enjoying their period of form. So I think we should not be much bothered about Milan getting the five point lead over us. It's a long season. I think just uh, pretty much. I think one third of season is uh, two thirds is still remaining. So it's it's a long, long way 
So just like up to nine matches are up. So yeah, I'm not worried at all about Milan. Uh, Milan's a very young squad. They're inexperienced. When time comes to falter, uh, they will fall. So like uh, Param Ponder pointed out, we should be more worried about Napoli. Napoli is being playing brilliant football. Also Juventus, we can never rule them out. They are completely, when you least expect them, they will come because they have been there and they've done it. Although the coach is pretty much new, but the score is very experienced, yeah? And they have a very good mix of young players and old players. They have the defensive old players still with them and young attacking players. So, And, and with Pedro, you don't know what to expect. But saying that with Juventus, uh, things never go wrong. So they are obviously in the title race. So right now, I think what Inter must do at this point is just focus on their results. Let's not get too distracted what Napoli is doing or what Milan is doing or what other teams are doing. Inter has to grind out results. So I'm glad Conte realized that the fancy football or the champagne football is no longer required because last season we were quite boring saying that fact, that football style, but we used to get the results. We used to churn out the results when it mattered. All right. So that is something which we haven't done over, over uh, compared to last season. But this season, I'm happy Conte shifted to 3-5-2 so that more focus is clearly done on on the defensive phase of games and hitting teams on the counter and play to inter strengths rather than create something which uh, it's not inter. So Gotham, like I said, not to get worried. Season is still up and running. So there might be, again, hiccups down the road, but let's see, we are inter. We never give up till the final day. Okay, so sticking with you, Manish, for the Champions League now. I mean, this weekend was very calm, but is it the calm before the storm and storm as in shit storm, wherein like we screw up once again. And now the group is not in our hands. We are, we are dependent on other results. And it looks like we had a good result against Asfalo, but we shouldn't be overconfident now. How do you think the match against Mochan Gladbach will go? Like, do you have any hopes now again? again? It's the same question last times, but do you have any hopes in the Champions League? <laughs> Right, right, Gotham. So if you noticed my shirt, which I'm wearing, it says Inter and Champions League. So maybe this is the last time I'm wearing the season. So <laughs> might as well wear it now. But saying that, uh, like I said, Gotham, Champions League has never been our priority. We were not expected to go out there and win it. But saying that Champions League is really important for the club finances. So I also read it in a lot of articles saying that if we go out of the group phase, Zhang has a special gift for Conti, like he can sign him one player of Conti's wish. Now, I don't know if the rumors or it's just hoax, but yeah. So once you get out of group phase, it helps in the uh, financial fair play. You know, we get a lot of funds coming in. But saying that, Munchen Gladbach, they're really strong in Champions League. They're performing really well. They've knocked, I think, Shakhtar out in both the matches, which I think Real Madrid struggled to beat Shakhtar. Uh, and we also struggle to beat Shakhtar. So, so let's not rule anything out. It's not a walk in the park for us. It's going to be a very challenging game. And we are playing in their stadium. And uh, so I would, I would expect a really tough fight with uh, uh, Munchen Gladbach. So thinking about the approach, I would suggest Conti would stick back to the 3-5-2 formation because it was tried and tested. And since that, we're playing in their stadium. So Conti again may stick to a defensive formation where he sit back and hit them on the counter. So I think that's the only way, smart way to beat uh, Munchen Gladbach rather than go all attack and leave spaces behind. And we have seen that time and time out where, uh, again, the smaller teams where we send all our players higher up the pitch and suddenly a long ball comes across the defense and we concede. 
So I'm sure Conte has learned from his mistakes and pretty much we sit back. But we're going to miss Arturo Vidal in this game because he got foolishly sent off in the previous game. Now, who's the one going to replace him? That's a very good question. So pretty much Barella is going to start. Pretty much Gagliardini is going to start. And who's going to be the third one? My guess or my bet should be on Sensi. And maybe in the second half, Brozovic, a half with Brozovic to come on, maybe last uh, 15 or 20 odd minutes. Because Sensi has, doesn't have the legs to run the whole 90 minutes. So I'm expecting pretty much a 3-5-2 formation and Lukaku and uh, La- La- Lukaku and Lautaro to start, which I think uh, Darmian may start and would last uh, 30 minutes or so Hakimi to come in. So all in all, let's not expect a walk in the park. But saying that it's not, if we, uh, if we don't get a result out of the game, it's not the end of the world. We still have the league or Europa League to look forward. Saying that I'm expecting a very open game and uh, Inter to sit back and absorb the attack. That's my analysis for, them for the next match. Yeah, Parmeshwar, to you, like, we have to go all out. Draw is no good for us. How do you think the approach will be? Like, we have to attack from minute one or we sit back, we soak in the pressure for first 20 minutes and then go out on the attack? Uh, you know, I pretty much agree with Manish because, I, you know, uh, I've watched Munchen Gladbach a lot of times this season and they are easily one of the best counter-attacking teams in Europe and I would even go to say in the world. You know, they have a lot of quality and I don't think there's a point of, you know, overloading their boxes because we are very vulnerable on the break. And yes, you know, the thing is, we are not good. We, we won't have Vidal for this match and he's very good at, you know, intercepting those last-ditch, you know, through balls and everything. So, we're not going to have him. And I don't expect someone like Sensi to, you know, make those interceptions at the end of the day. So, our approach should still be the same as to what we had against Sassuolo, I feel. Uh, nothing different. Uh, because, you know, going on the break, we are much better off than, you know, playing a high line. And let's see who starts. Uh, I, I pretty much feel it's going to be something like, you know, Handanovic. Of course, the back three is going to re- remain the same. Skriniar, Devrai, Bastoni. That that can't change. You know, with that defensive actually conceded less and they've, played, they've not played enough this season to actually, you know, prove their, that they're very solid. But whenever they do, they are. And left wing back, I'd probably go with Perisic. Right wing back, Damian, you know, the question is the midfield since Vidal isn't there. But Conte needs their physical presence. So, I'll probably say Sensi, Barella, Galliardini, and of course, Lukaku, Lautaro to, of course, lead the attack. But yeah, I think it's go- it should be a 3-5-2 pretty much, you know, let us soak the pressure. Because see, Manish, uh, as he said, that he personally feels we should focus on the league. So, it's not the end of the world if we don't focus on the Champions League. But then... He also pointed out that we need the revenue, right? Like in these times, especially, you know, Inter's shareholders meeting was held the other day and we've made a loss of 102 million. It's actually not as bad as, you know, it was reported. People said it would be much more, you know, in excess of 150 million and all. It's not that bad, but we still need the revenue at the end of the day, right? That's what we need. And we need to give Conte who he wants. We need the money. So, yeah, I mean... I think if we adopt the same approach, we will get a decent amount of chances and we will end up winning this game. I'm pretty, I don't know, I, I sort of liken this match to the one away to Slavia Prague last season, you know, where it was a must win. We had no choice and we ended, and Slavia weren't a bad team. They were a good team in that group. They even drew at camp now. So I have a feeling it's going to be something like that, that we actually end up winning tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, so. The time for predictions is here. Manish, with you first, must-win game for us. What do you think will be the scoreline? 
So so far, whenever we had this must-win games, we always fucked it up. So, <laughs> and and I like the fact that we jinx matches. The moment we say Inter is going to lose a draw, and Inter actually Conti and Inter surprises us. So I'm going with the same uh, thing, like Inter and uh, Mönchengladbach to have a two-two draw. Uh, so Inter to start slow. They're going to attack first, and then we equalize. So I'm going for a two-two draw, and hopefully. This time into win, so yeah, like last time, like last week's same prediction, two two draw. Parmeshwar, coming to you. What is your prediction? So yeah, I mean, as Manish pointed out, whenever we predict, it's usually been the opposite this time. But I, I am still feeling positive, as I said. So I'll either go for a let's say two one win or a three two win, let's say. Maybe something like that because I was watching Munchen Gelbag recently as well, and you know the same the same players, you know Thuram, Playa, and Lazaro. Lazaro is back for them. And he's doing a pretty decent job. You know he's being used as a wing back, winger in midfield. So it's going to be a tricky one, but yeah, let's say two one win or three two win for us. Yeah, Ian, uh, I am guessing it's going to be a three two win. It is going to be an open game, and uh, I think it's it's. It'll be a high-scoring game, 3-2, with us nicking it at the end. Maybe 78th or 75th minute, we'll score the winner. All right, there you have it, folks. That's another episode of Interclub India podcast. So let us know in the comments, what do you think? Is the Sassuolo game a turning point in the season? Will we make it through to the group stages in the Champions League? And how is our season going to progress? Do let us know in the comments. Thank you.